Welcome, everyone, to Strictly JoJo, a podcast dedicated to JoJo's bizarre adventure. My name is Courtney. This is episode 99, and we're reviewing part three, Stardust Crusaders, Iggy the Fool, and Geb's Ndol part two. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the JoJo anime. We've arrived at like one of my, okay, maybe not one of my favorite episodes, but one that I really, really enjoy because of how absurd it is. I've been looking forward to talking about this episode because of Jotaro and Iggy. Is it really one of your favorite episodes? No, it's not. That's why I kind of paused there. I was like, I don't know if it's like one of my favorites, but it is one that I very much enjoy. And I know that we've talked before on other review episodes about how we recall generally one of these Stardust Crusaders episodes, but like we don't remember the finer details, right? Because there's just so many episodes, so many enemy stand users that some of them just kind of fall to the wayside. This one, though, this is one of the fights that sticks in my mind. When I think about Stardust Crusaders, I think about this fight because Jotaro throws a dog at a blind dude, right? Can you just Mm -hmm. imagine like Jojo out of context (laughs) telling somebody that, oh yeah, in my favorite show, a uh, a teenager throws a dog at a blind man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the one aspect of this episode that I really enjoyed, that iconic Iggy pitching scene. But I, I have to say, like, the rest of this, I'll call it climax to the end dual arc, uh, it doesn't feel too special besides that moment. You know what I mean? Like maybe like this is why my memory is kind of hazy when it came to Iggy's introduction and with and duel because beside again besides the the baseball scene, um, nothing really felt spectacular about seeing and duel's demise. He foreshadowed a lot of interesting things though. He planted seeds in Jotaro's brain. Yeah, that's true, and you know maybe it's because this is kind of like the the level one enemy that the crusaders are facing now that they've stepped into egypt but yeah i I guess i was i thought i was expecting more from rewatching this episode but it it just didn't hit for me (laughs) i think what really carries it is just the absurdity and the comedy i don't think it's the most epic fight but it does stand out in my mind because of the way it unfolds oh yeah it's it has those JoJo staples to it, so I'll give it that. All right, JoJo fans, fool me once, shame on you, but fool me twice, cause it's part two of our synopsis and discussion for part three, episode twenty-six, Iggy the Fool and Geb's End Duel, part two. Before their noble Stardust Crusade can get swept away by the Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Avdol tries to pull a fast one on Andula Ablangata with some fake stepping on a beat doot 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 doot. But the blind bastard is quick to act fast by disabling the Egyptian magician right in the jugular. It is then that Jotaro notices Iggy is a dog, and that dogs have more developed senses than humans, and that dogs know how to fly away from trouble, which is exactly what Iggy has resorted to by boarding Air Force Fool. Jotaro takes over the cockpit and leads them straight towards Endula Ablangata, although the jacked-up Joestar has forgotten that gravity exists and has compromised their location with a kick of Star Platinum's footsie. Endula summons a Darude Sandstorm to throw the pair into a frenzy, but Jotaro fights back with a four-seam furball pitched right at the blind bastard, leaving him blindsided. 
or I guess blind blindsided, enough to witness Sarplatinum's punches in all their glory, and a hatless Jotaro in all its ghastliness. Deciding not to be a squealer, the dead-eyed dastardly disciple of Dio decides to dissipate into thin air, leaving Jotaro with the consolation prize of having this furry little fuck be the newest addition to the Jobros. Elsewhere, a young budding manga artist is pestered by an imposing manga vlogger, and so his magical comic book dooms him to a deadly electric pole dance before the boy's older brother saves them both from boarding the manga vlogger's ill-fated crazy bus. What sound did the vlogger's body make when it fatally bounced its way up onto the electric pole? Oingo, boingo. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And now on to our next and newest segment of the show. Is that a music and or tarot and or Egyptian god reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and not so ordinary world of tarot cards and ancient Egyptian deities. Man, that is a mouthful, uh, but I guess that's going to have to be the, the running theme now for these reference segments, since we're going to see a lot more Egyptian gods, and I think just one more instance of a tarot reference, like way at the end of this part. But to start off with this new segment, we have Andul Stand, Geb, which is a reference to Geb, the Egyptian god of the earth also considered to be the father of snakes. It was believed in ancient Egypt that Geb's laughter created earthquakes and that he allowed crops to grow. So I think this kind of explains the earthen and watery nature of Endul's stand and the aspect about the god being the father of snakes, kind of like the slithery nature of its water abilities. The JoJo fandom wiki also notes that Araki was inspired to create Geb after hearing about someone drowning from a cup of water in a wash basin and thus thought it would be interesting to have someone drown in a desert. And now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. I don't have one that's like very obviously a JoJo meme, but what I do have for our mini segment that pops up from time to time is an iconic JoJo pose, and that is Star Platinum and his pitcher stance as he's about to throw Iggy. That's intense. It's, yeah, I mean, we can't not honor this because not only is Star Platinum super fucking flexible, I mean, his leg is straight up in the air. He's Mm -hmm. got a pointed toe. The pointed (laughs) toe is what signals that he is taking this really fucking seriously. He wants it down to his toes like that much momentum so he can whip this dog at a blind man. I mean, I've seen my share of unique pitching stances in like the MLB. I don't think I've ever seen a pitcher do this. I'd be impressed though. I'd love to see it. And they call it the star platinum move. Yeah. (laughs) That would be amazing. Um, But as always, if we missed any memes from this episode, please reach out and let us know. But hey, we've got an iconic JoJo pose for you. So in this episode, as always, wanted to call out whether or not we have any JoJo's, the use of the nickname JoJo. I don't think so. I didn't catch any with this. So um, we continue to not see that. We may have strayed away from kind of what is the, the the use of the JoJo nickname, at least as it applies to Jotaro. 
And the episode starts off with Avdol um, having this big brain move of tossing his bracelets to make Geb, or I guess Endol, feel like someone is tiptoeing away. And um, I love this because Avdol gives his tisk tisk. I'd forgotten how long he used that move. He's so sassy now that he tricked everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's a new man. Uh, th- I have to clear something up here when it comes to sound. Because, you know, Avdol's removing the bracelets from his arms and then throwing them in the sand, right? But they would be rattling on his arm as he's taking them off, right? Yes. And then the whole clicking his tongue thing, wouldn't that, like, give away his location? Or is it because Geb, like the Stan's abilities are focused on like vibrations on the ground? I thought that they, I mean, when they first encountered the Stan, they told each other to be quiet, right? Mm-hmm. Because then the Stan can hear them. But then again, when they jumped on the car, they were all kind of talking, but then they were kind of not talking. It's hard to like to pinpoint. I feel like maybe. Avdol took the risk to give a, a tisk tisk. I mean, you got it right. Like it's life or death. You got to have that tisk tisk in there. But maybe mm-hmm. it's because he assumed that Endol would send Geb toward the bracelets, thinking someone's walking. Like that's that's the more enticing sound to go after versus Avdol giving a tisk tisk. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like an inconsistency here, and you know, we can always chalk it up to Araki forgot, but. Yeah, the way that sound works for or against the characters here is kind of kind of illogical. As are a lot of things in JoJo, for sure. Um, this whole scene, as it plays out after uh, Avdol tricks Ndol and Geb, I love it. I thought it was so intense. Like, overly intense, but not in a bad way. So you have Geb, like, showing itself as it's, like, starting to form up through the sand. And then the intensity starts at that point. Because just as the stand is barely popping out of the sand, you've got Avdol's theme that just, like, suddenly kicks in. And, like, is blaring in the background. And then Geb's, or uh, Indol starts to wonder, all of a sudden, why this person only took five steps and then stopped. And then he realizes, wait, this is a fucking trap. So at the same time, you have Avdol using, um, oh my god, uh, magician's, magician's red, red. like yeah, flaming chicken, magician's red, um, to try to go after Geb to burn Indol from afar. And on the flip side, you've got Geb who uses those razor water claws to to go at Avdol. So you got Avdol with his neck slice and Indol who gets burned. But even though this moment probably happens in a flash, as always in JoJo, quick moments get extended to far beyond what they would actually be in real life. But you can feel how intense and how much of these snap decisions need to be made in order for this to unfold and for both of them to survive it. I just love the way it played out. Like it just, they just went so hard for no reason and I appreciate it. Meanwhile, I'm just thinking like in terms of Pokemon logic, like water against fire, who's gonna win? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But what ends up saving the day really before Avdol can be killed by Geb is Jotaro running away. And he's doing so to draw the stand away from Avdol. Um, and hey, I mean, that that's a bro move, right? Like he's he's sacrificing his own well-being to, to protect Avdol in that moment. But I think 
Indol then realizes that it's Jotaro based on like the sound of the footsteps and the distance between the footsteps. He like calculates how big or tall this person is and he's he's like it's probably Jotaro from the way that these steps are playing out and I thought that was interesting that he's so in tune with the sounds that he can distinguish the type of person that's making them but then he says that he's heard a lot about star platinum and how difficult that stand is to defeat so yeah star platinum and Jotaro certainly have a reputation among Dio's subordinates so Jotaro runs straight to Iggy and picks him up. We still have ugly Iggy. I think it's after the um, the Geb arc that Iggy's his like visuals change or his art, his uh, character design changes to the Iggy that we know much better and uh, like to look at a lot better. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about this last episode, but I'm wondering if David Production just did that for consistency purposes with like adapting the manga because I, I I feel like that's originally how Araki uh, drew Iggy and then he kind of fine-tuned and polished Iggy's character design as the manga went onward. Yeah, I mean, I love the the, the current Iggy much more than this original or uh, early Iggy design, so I'm, I'm happy to see the switch. It's kind of like the Sonic movie, how everyone oh, saw yeah. the first iteration. They were like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, okay, it, we, we understand. We'll, we'll change it. I think the reason that Jotaro runs over to Iggy is because he realizes that Iggy can sense these the enemy stand before it attacks. And so he forces Iggy to help him in that moment. And he, he basically like pins him to the ground and then tells him that he better locate the enemy or he'll die too. Kind of putting like letting a fire under Iggy's ass. But then he what really motivates him is that he tells Iggy that he won't get any gum or coffee flavored gum from him. And that's when Iggy's face changes to like an oh shit face. So it's not like Iggy's motivation is not survival. It's literally coffee flavored gum. I think that's consistent with like dogs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) their, their, Their sense of thinking. Well, I feel like dogs have a better survival instinct than we do. I mean, that's the whole reason Iggy ran off when he did, because he knew that an enemy was approaching. Yeah, but then they also can get laser focused on something, like if you snap their attention away, right? Yeah, one track mind. Yeah, that was that was the term I was looking for. Um, I'm trying to recall, like, why did Joseph say they needed Iggy as an additional member of the team? Probably just because of the the types of enemies they were coming across. I can't remember the exact reason. I don't know if it was super articulated. Okay. But it was against his will. That we do know. Yeah, because they kind of just grabbed him from, what was it? Yeah, captured him in New York. And yeah, now he's he's playing hard to get <laughs> until Jotaro comes in and straightens him out. And that's what I love about this episode because I don't think Iggy and Jotaro really have much of a relationship in the way that Polnareff and Iggy do like Polnareff and Iggy eventually become very very close and it's not to say that Jotaro and Iggy don't become close as well but it's nowhere near on the level of like Polnareff and Iggy but here we get you know direct interaction between Iggy and Jotaro where it's basically Jotaro asserting dominance over Iggy saying everyone else might be afraid of you but I'm not and that is very much a Jotaro thing but in this moment um, as Jotaro's got him pinned down and he's threatening him Iggy panics 
and switches his body out for like a sand body instead using um the fool's ability and then floats away but then of course Jotaro grabs onto him using star platinum and I'm just like this is like Jotaro refusing to be one-upped by anyone or any animal like he's gotta be the biggest man in the room <laughs> even if he's going up against a small dog and so he threatens Iggy to try to not try to ditch him or whatever. Um, but the problem is the fool can't support Jotaro's weight and it slowly starts to lose altitude. So then Iggy starts straining because of the weight and then he starts farting like crazy. And then Jotaro is like, yo, don't strain so much. It makes you fart, bro. But then I'm thinking he can't not strain because you're so fucking heavy. You're you're <laughs> built like a brick shithouse. It was, it was the fart also... The fart's propelling them forward. Kinda, I think so. Okay. I, just <laughs> I like to fun. think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but yeah, gravity was gonna win out in this situation. Jotaro figures out a way around that though by using Star Platinum to kind of push them off the ground and regain altitude. But of course, it gives their um, their strategy and their location away to Undol. Um, but then, as they're approaching Undol's location. Jotaro uses Star Platinum special like zooming in eyes to locate the enemy stand user, which I find interesting. Like, do we see this in other places where a stand user can see through a stand's eyes? I think we can, right? Because stand users can sometimes, especially long range, can send their stands out to kind of surveil an area and then they kind of know what to expect. I just can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I feel like there are some stands that we've encountered that can do that. Actually, a good example of that is White Snake. From part six. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. Poochie always seems to know what's going on through sending White Snake out ahead to like do what he's got to do. Yeah. And I feel like we might have seen an instance of this earlier in part three. Probably, but there's a lot of enemy stand users. <laughs> mm -hmm. So at this point, we reach the eye catch. Which feature the stand stats for Geb. So we have destructive power at C, speed at B, range at A, durability at B, precision, precision and accuracy at D, and development potential at D. So it doesn't seem like a like an all too powerful stand it's just one that's more of a nuisance to the crusaders in these first two episodes and in terms of the stand's character design it's just water like this stand stats or eye catch just shows the water forming into claws uh, i don't know why this this reminds me of the bruce lee quote be water my friend that's literally what this stand is being. There you go. <laughs> so when we return back to the episode, um, Iggy starts to intentionally drop Jotaro down to try and save himself. And Jotaro is fucking pissed about it because he literally just told him a few moments ago, don't try to ditch me. And this is when my favorite part starts. I absolutely love this part. I think it's the best part of the episode. It's so funny and intense at the same time. And the animation is great for it. So Jotaro uses Star Platinum because he's pissed off, right? He uses Star Plat Platinum to grab Iggy. And then Star Platinum, as we mentioned earlier, does the most dramatic pitcher stance with his legs straight up to the sky and his toes pointed. And then whips Iggy straight at Undol. And like... It's it's great because, again, like everyone is so scared of Iggy except for Jotaro. And while Iggy is flying through the air towards Indol, 
Jotaro looks so smug because he says to, I, I, I kind of think like directly to Endel that um, it's Iggy flying his way and they need to defend themselves with their stands. Otherwise they'll have to, otherwise they will run into each other. And that forces Endel to withdraw Geb back to his location. But then I kind of question here, and this, this is related to your question earlier, was Jotaro just kind of saying that out loud, not expecting anyone to hear, but assuming that that's, that's the approach or the strategy that the two of them would use to like use their stands to prevent a collision? Or did Endel actually hear what Jotaro was saying because of his listening ability? Yeah. I don't know if it's like, because again, I, I feel like everything's based on vibrations in the ground. And if... You know, Jothro or Avdol are talking or clicking their tongues, then Endul would hear that, like quote unquote, hear that. Um, and although yeah, the whole thing with Endul and the bracelets, it was more like him thinking through that situation, but here it's not really. Yeah, it's hard to like pinpoint what's going on. I kind of like to think that Jotaro was directly speaking to Endel, expecting him to hear him because this guy has like such superior hear hearing when he uses his cane. Yeah. It kind of makes it a little funnier if he could actually hear what Jotaro was saying. Because they always say like if, I don't know if this really is the case, but if one of your senses is impaired, then the other senses become much more heightened yeah so if if that is if that is something that happens then i would assume that Endul was able to hear jothro from however many meters away actually you know what may kind of solidify this thought and and help us figure this out um is when so let me kind of backtrack a little bit here we've got jojo logic in play because the time it's taking for iggy to reach Endul but like also enough time for Jotaro and Endel to like say all these things. It's Jojo logic, right? Like this should have happened in like three seconds flat with the the force that Star Platinum used to throw Iggy. But we've got a lot of time here that's that's unfolding. Um, so as this Jojo logic is, is unfolding, as there's a lot of dialogue happening, Endel does say, he basically comments saying like, what the fuck is wrong with him throwing a dog? So I, I think that kind of confirms that Undol heard that the dog was flying right at him. Because, mm -hmm. like, what else could could he assume that Jotaro threw at him? Although he's blind, so he, he wouldn't really know. Yeah. I mean, they're just surrounded by sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other thing would have been, like, <laughs> Jotaro's hat. Yeah. But that's, that's used for something else uh, right after this scene. All right, well, speaking of Jojo logic, Jotaro, this is the most unbelievable thing of the entire episode. Jotaro somehow ends up right behind Endol immediately after Iggy is thrown. That's like lightning speed. <laughs> yeah, how did he get there that fast? Like, I know Star Platinum is fast, but I've never seen him, like, run and, like, drag Jotaro that fast. So that one I have zero explanation for as to how Jotaro got there that fast and we never saw it happen because he had he came from the same direction as Iggy. You'd think that we would see something. Wasn't there the the episode with uh Yellow Temperance where Jotaro was just jumping like across this huge gap 
like uh, on the the train yeah thing. between like the, like the train track and like yeah. the top of a building or something like that yeah that was like star platinum helping him do that so i don't know i've but what i'm saying is like i've never seen okay i don't know if never i don't recall seeing star platinum like sprint I'm imagining Jotaro like leaping in the air and then Star Platinum guiding him towards Endul. Maybe, but then he would have heard Jotaro but crash into the ground. I think he was too distracted with defending himself from Iggy. Yeah, that's true. Um, like in that commotion, he didn't realize it. Anyway, like, again, who knows how Jotaro fucking ended up behind him. A rocky... He he will willed it, and therefore it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a standoff that happens between Undul and Jotaro as um, Undul's staff is falling. This feels very much like the earlier scene, um, the earlier standoff of sorts between Magicians Red and Geb, where you've got sort of the slow-mo situation unfolding. It's really, really intense. Um, it's It's... I don't know, like exciting in a certain way, but also not because the anticipation is so long that even Iggy is freaking out by the end of it. Like he is sweating bullets and sh- like just like shivering with chills. I don't know how to describe it, but like it just felt so short, but so long at the same time. But the result is that Jotaro gets the edge over Indol and punches him before Geb can reach him. However, Geb does manage to knock his hat off, and he says that he's so impressed that um, that was able to happen because not even the ocean could remove Jotaro's hat. I'm like, damn, it's kind of right. Yeah, it was... <laughs> I didn't think about it. Yeah, the hat would have floated away while they were in the ocean um, in the, the previous arc, or the previous half. And that kind of leads to the age-old question of what is Jotaro's hat? Is it hat that's torn up or is it hat and hair (laughs) like maybe it's hat and hair because it sticks to him so well but to that same um point we do see his hat fly off actually let me take it one step before that um when there's a standoff between geb and star platinum if you stop it frame by frame you can see star platinum with what looks like tears in his eyes because he is moving so fucking fast to get that one over on to or to pull that one over on Geb and strike him before Geb can reach Jotaro. And so I sent you um, a, a screenshot of that. And the only reason I noticed this is because I was actually trying to pull a screenshot of when Jotaro's hat flies off or like maybe like see that frame to to look at it. And I had paused it a little bit too soon, and I saw this part, and I'm like, oh my god. There's like a streak of white coming out of Star Platinum's face. The way this is animated looks so funny. Yeah, this is kind of like the squash and stretch. This reminds me of that squash and stretch technique that we might have talked about in the last episode or some episode before, um, where it, yeah, it's, it's a very distorted version of Star Platinum's face, but... Um, one where he is determined to land that punch on and duel. And I'll share the screenshot in the Discord for anyone who wants to see it, uh, as well as the other one that I'm about to mention. So um, Star Platinum moving really fucking fast, probably faster than the speed of sound to try and land this punch. And the best part is, after he does win this standoff against Geb, Star Platinum, before retreating back to Jotaro, 
is like, let's fucking go. He lets out like this chest thrust and a scream. And what I what I, you know, see this as is Jotaro's inner feelings, right? Because stands are a manifestation of one's own energy. So this leads me to believe that it's actually Jotaro who's cheering on the inside, but he's too much of a sundere to show it. So instead you see Star Platinum cheering. Sorry, and aside to that, um, talking about stands and the relationships with their users, I actually found on the JoJo Wiki that explains how as, as psychic projections users can also communicate through their stands, as you had mentioned with Star Platinum's cry probably being Jotaro's fighting spirit. Um, barring rare exceptions, a stand user typically shares their consciousness with their stand and is able to see through its eyes. Oh, so, okay. So that explains uh, the zooming eyes. Yeah. Some examples, Star Platinum, Death 13, Highway Star, King Crimson, and White Snake. Yeah, there now, you go, White Snake. Um, yeah, I forgot, like, yeah, Death 13. Yeah, because the baby knew exactly mm-hmm. what was going on. Yeah, so there's the explanation there. But can you explain this hat? <laughs> I'm, I'm about to try. Because, <laughs> yeah, Geb knocks off uh, Jotaro's hat. Like I said, I'll post a screenshot of that in the Discord. And we've got a good look at it. And there's another scene that happens right after this where the hat lands on the ground. Same thing. It looks very tattered in the back. But the tatteredness looks identical to Jotaro's hair. So I'm like, it's still, you could argue that this- Is it a piece of his hair? Well, all his hair ripped out. (laughs) Like you could argue that it's just tattered fabric, but it looks, I mean, look at Jotaro's head, right? Like it looks identical to his hair. Mm -hmm. So we still, I still don't think this is enough proof one way or the other. So I think we are still left wondering whether it's hat or it's hat hair. Yeah, this is like the Jotaro cosplayer's dilemma, right? <laughs> um, and yeah, it's even just the animation of it is left so ambiguous, right? Because there's no delineation between where the hat starts and where the potential hair, or sorry, where, where the hat ends and where the potential hair begins. At the end of all of this fighting, Indol decides to... Um, and Hero, because he's anticipating Jotaro wants to know about the other eight enemy stand users that they'll be going up against. But um, what I realized, and I saw a meme about this, I'll have to find it when we get um, further along in this half of part three, the group won't even realize that they meet some of the nine Egyptian gods. So here you have Indol telling Jotaro, there are nine of us total. But that's got to be a mind fuck for the group, right? Because they're trying to keep track of how many they're going to come up against. But some of them, they don't even realize they encounter. So they're they're probably thinking like, where are the other ones that were supposed to attack us? You're talking about um, Boingo? Is what was is he one of them? Yeah, Oingo Boingo. Um, so that's two there, and then, oh God, I can't remember what the other ones are. I mean, we'll, we'll know when we come across them. But yeah, mm-hmm. Oingo, Boingo, Oingo Boingo are the examples that come to mind when we think like enemy stand users in this latter half of the crew or the crew, the Crusaders don't even realize what they go up against. That's kind of funny. Like, you know, yeah. I, I figure like, you know, it, after they defeat Dio at the end, if they go, go back and try to do the math and say, oh, wait, there's there's two other stand users out there, whomever, f- floating around. 
Okay, so uh, really quick, we we just tried Googling um, or finding this meme. I saw it a long time ago on our shit post crusaders. It was basically like a picture of Jotaro or some some of the, one of the crusaders like waking up in a panic or something, realizing that they never met nine Egyptian gods. I don't know if we'll be able to find it. At least wanted to throw that out there. If anyone knows the meme that I'm talking about, feel free to, to send it to us. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a funny meme. And it wasn't until I saw that meme that I realized, yeah, they don't actually they don't actually remember or realize that they met all nine of them at some point. Now, the only one I found, and maybe we can share this on the Discord, um, it's that they don't know meme, like where it's someone sitting or standing at a party in the corner while everyone else is having a good time. Um, it takes that meme, puts in the Stardust Crusaders, and in the corner are Oingo and Boingo saying they don't know we exist. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's one of those plot holes that you don't realize in the moment in JoJo until you look at everything as a whole. Well, there you go. We kind of did have a JoJo meme for this episode. I guess, <laughs> Unintentionally. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, like I said, Undol and Heroes, because he doesn't want to have to reveal any information to Jotaro, but what's impressive, and again, Jojo logic really at play in this episode, um, Undol is able to keep speaking with a hole in his head. And I'm like, oh my god, that like how is he still alive for this long? He has a hole in his head and he's bleeding out. But this makes me think, have we seen anyone else off themselves using their own stand because even star platinum wouldn't let jotaro die yeah i don't think so yeah that would work against the stand's logic of wanting to protect its user unless star platinum didn't let him die because the true subconscious that is that jotaro did not want to die but here Indol's true subconscious is that he does mm. want to die like he's made the resolve the decision to yeah, die i can see that what I find most interesting, though, about this whole exchange is at the end, Jotaro buries Undol. We don't often see Jotaro show respect, especially for an enemy or toward an enemy. So it is interesting that he he like, he like gives Undol that respect and he, he buries his body. It's because he was the only one that was able to throw off his hat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we always say Jotaro yeah, respects strength. Um, that's a pretty strong characteristic of Endul. But we go from this very sentimental moment into uh, a bit of revenge on Iggy's part because he tricks Jotaro into putting on his hat filled with gum. And what was funny about this is that Jotaro is actually trying to make amends. This is, you know what? This is the other thing that surprises me. Jotaro never apologizes for anything, but he apologized to Iggy in this moment. Mm -hmm. But then it blew up in his face anyway because Iggy didn't care and he wanted to get back at Jotaro. So... I don't know, Jotaro, is, he's growing up. You know, this journey is changing him. Thank God it was gum and not poop. Though. I kind of wish it was. I think it'd be funnier. <laughs> yeah, that was my first thought until I think Jotaro clarified that it was the the coffee-flavored gum. Also, in kind of Pokemon fashion, Iggy says his own name as as a weird bark. Yeah, that was strange. I don't know. I can't recall if he does that again. I know, like, we'll hear, like, his inner thoughts at cer in certain episodes. But, yeah, it's just, it's weird. Again, it had vibes of Pokemon, but 
this felt weird even for a show like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We do get a post credit scene, um, which is uh, you know few and far between, but in this case, it's a sort of a soft introduction to Oingo Boingo, one that is pretty gruesome um, and shows us more about Boingo's abilities than Oingo, but yeah. I don't know why they wanted to put this here. I mean, it makes watching the, or like anticipating the episode with Oingo Boingo, um, it makes that anticipation more enticing. Um, But yeah, we rarely ever get it. The only other instance I know of this is with um, Enyaba, right? Yeah, maybe it's because Boingo's ability is so strange that they needed... Like, this is basically an example of how his ability works. I know, I'm pretty sure, he explains it himself um, further in, like, the probably the next episode since it is the Oingo-Boingo arc. Um, but that's that's my only guess is maybe just, like, having that extra example that shows how it works is helpful to the viewer. But we also have multiple examples of this, especially when Whole Horse and Boingo team up. Yeah, and I think that was my other thinking is that Boingo kind of plays a little more of a focal point in this part, having two episodes. Um, And you can argue that this could be like his ability was foreshadowing of Jotaro's demise all the way into the future in part six. Yeah, we'll definitely have to talk about that more when we get to the whole horse Boingo uh, team up. But for now, that leads us to our final thoughts for part three, episode 26, Iggy the Fool and Gebs and Duel part two. So did this episode make you get Iggy with it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Like I said, this is one of the episodes that stands out in my mind not because it's the most intense battle ever or it has any crazy drama behind it. This episode from start to finish is just nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's comedy. I love it. I think really the only moment of drama that we get is when Endel is kind of like warning Jotaro about what's to come um, and kind of trying to put that fear in him. But it's great. And I love this this very odd relationship that's being established between Iggy and Jotaro And I mean, whipping a dog at a blind dude, I've said it multiple times. I'm like, that's just, that is one of the strange things that we see in in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that just makes sense for this show, but would not make sense in any other show. It's one of those things that makes this anime so unique and so beloved. So I think the reason that I love this episode so much, while it might not be my favorite, I, I think I love it because it is just pure fun it's pure enjoyment but what about you i on the other hand thought it wasn't an entirely strong climax to the first undercard fight of the battle in egypt but it at least features a comical pairing between jotaro and iggy that shows how man's best friend is more like jotaro's worst annoyance and speaking of which Endul proved to be more of an annoyance and a nuisance as well, in my opinion, with a long-range stand that didn't feel like it could really put you within its liquid throes of death. Although I guess you could say he's pretty much a level one character in their first fight in Egypt, as I mentioned in the beginning. 
And the Fool had some ample time to shine alongside his canine stand user, although to a much lesser extent than his several outings that we'll see down the road. But it at least proves that Iggy is not just a dog. He is a dog. <laughs> He's got that dog He in got him. that dog in him, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, this episode at least whets our appetite with the appearance of the Oingo Boingo brothers, which is one arc of many in this second core that I am really looking forward to. So it's a decent episode overall. I think what I'm most excited about with the Oingo Boingo arc is the orange and that moment that I love. <laughs> and there's a YouTube clip of it because someone else appreciated it as much as I did. And we'll talk about it when we get to that part. There are a lot of great moments in this episode. I mean, the, the two episodes that feature Boingo are fantastic. Um, but I'm, like I said, I, I really can't wait to watch this first one. And we hope that you guys can't wait as well. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Strictly JoJo and Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. And if you'd like to support us, head over to patreon.com slash thestrictlyseries. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. To be continued. 